0: I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, we'll go through some of the
1: coolest stuff to come out of San Diego Comic-Con, plus I'm Jeff Braun, I'll review the latest from the ABBA Cinematic Universe. <laughs> it's Mamma Mia, here we go again, plus I am in Morning. Oh.
0: One of my top ten favorite shows of the last couple of years has been cancelled. First it's the news from The Couch.
1: you uh <laughs> what is the meaning of this where is his mate
0: I'm sorry I don't know what you're talking about
1: my favorite pair of socks reduced to a single argyle Nor is this the only example. The keen observer yesterday would have noticed that I left the apartment wearing two shades of black. Explanation, please. (laughs) There have been a lot of TV reboots lately. Full House, Will & Grace, Roseanne, the upcoming Murphy Brown, but if it happens, Frazier would take the cake. And there are reports Kelsey Grammer is fielding ideas from writers and creative types about how to bring the good doctor back to TV. Grammer played eminent psychiatrist Dr. Fraser Crane for 20 years, starting with what was supposed to simply be a six-episode arc on Cheers in the early 80s. I'm Dr. Fraser Crane.
0: Like many who enter the psychiatric profession, Fraser is a sensitive and trusting man.
1: Day after day, miserable people coming into your office and pouring out their litany of depression and anxiety. You make me sick! The only way my situation could be any worse is if I actually listened to them. (laughs) I think you'll find that once you've been a patient of mine, I'm always there when you... Oh, great. I'll bet this is important.
0: Sometimes you want to go...
1: Six episodes turned into a decade, followed by another 11 seasons in the spin-off Frasier, a show that dominated the Emmys in the 90s, stealing many from my beloved Seinfeld. But hard to argue against Frasier, it was a phenomenal show, and it ended well, the same week that Friends went off the air in 2004. Despite those Emmy wins, Frasier always in the shadow of something bigger. Kelsey Grammer had a few quickly cancelled sitcoms afterwards, although he still does get a lot of work in movies. He was an X-Men, and he did a drama called Boss that won him some acclaim, but Come on, if there was ever an actor matched to a role, it's Kelsey Grammer as Fraser Crane, and I'd be down for another decade of whatever he comes up with. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Good night, everybody. Hi, I'm Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Guess what I'm selling? Wrong again. Jeff Goldblum, Wafers, the only cracker that talks when you put it in your mouth. Now, each cracker looks like a tiny Jeff Goldblum, and it makes scintillating conversation. Oh, you're, you're, you're eating me, that, 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 that tickles. Your, your, uh, your mouth smells like black licorice, you know, the twisty kind? Jeff Goldblum is getting a new TV show. It's not a comedy or a drama, but a documentary series. The last we saw of Goldblum was earlier this summer, and as he was criminally underused in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, it was especially crushing coming on the heels of his hilarious performance in Last Falls for Ragnarok. I love when you come to visit it, 142. You bring me just the, the best stuff. Whenever we get to talking, Topaz, about Scrapper 142, what do I always say? She is the, and it starts with a B. Trash. No, not trash. Were you waiting to just call her that? It doesn't start with a B. Booze heck? I'm so sorry. No, best. I was was thinking about best, because I always say you're the best. Goldblum is no stranger to TV, aside from guest spots and things like Family Guy, where he appeared as a wafer. He has anchored some shows. There was his two-season stint as one of the main detectives in Law and Order Criminal Intent. Wit and Wisdom from the
0: Major K-Squad's most zen detective. Through exquisite pain comes sublime pleasure. You can't bolster flawed theory. Don't marry a sports hero.
1: And he's not half bad at the whole crime-solving thing either. Uh, thank you. Yeah, you forgot about that one, right? You also probably forgot his cop show, Reigns, from 2007.
0: Scott Bills, that's funny. You work in a bank and your name is Bills. So nobody mentions that, that Scott Bills... I had an archery teacher whose name was Mrs. Bowman. There was a, I knew somebody who worked at a, at a um, Greek restaurant named Harry Peratestis.
1: That's one of the best jokes ever. The couch potatoes rode hard for the seven episodes that... Rains was on the air. Hopefully, he'll have more success with his new gig. The show will be a 12-part documentary series for the National Geographic Channel called The Curiosity of Jeff Goldblum. Nat Geo says Goldblum will travel the globe uncovering the extraordinary stories behind the world's most ordinary things. Some of those things include ice cream, baseball, balloons, coffee, subways, cereal, and toilet paper. No word yet on when it'll air. Where was I? Oh, yes. Uh, Buy Jeff Goldblum wafers. Or don't, but uh, I would prefer it if you did. Although, let's face it, one can't always get what one desires. Still, that's no reason not to try, yes, yes. New information this week. Certain things have come to light about the upcoming Cohen Brothers project. Man, I've got certain information, all right? Certain things have come to light, and, you know, has it ever occurred to you that uh, this could be a, a, a lot more... Uh, uh uh, 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 complex. I mean, it's not just, it might not be just such a simple, uh, you know? What in God's holy name are you blathering about? The brothers Cohen, Ethan, and Joel have been working on a TV show for Netflix. It's an original, not connected to their previous work like the FX TV show Fargo was. We're not really open, is the thing.
0: That's okay. We're not really
1: customers. What size shoes you boys wear? Now, that is a truly odd question. Is he listening to me? Cut off his ears. The Netflix show is a Western. They're good at Westerns like True Grit or even No Country for Old Men to some degree. The Coens are working on something called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and it was supposed to be a six-part anthology series, each episode telling a different story involving a cowboy named Buster Scruggs, played by Tim Blake Nelson. He was the dumbest of the dumb guys in their movie Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? But now it seems they're turning the six-part TV series into a movie instead. The word is it'll still be an anthology structure, so I guess a few little vignettes strung together and it will still be on Netflix, but it's also going to play the Venice Film Festival, which is giving it some very early Oscar buzz. Netflix has not announced a premiere date, but expect it in the fall sometime. I will kill this girl! Biggest mistake you ever made. God's gonna you Help me? I can do
0: nothing for you, son. Up next, the stuff from Comic Con that got me excited, including a Shamalami team up that will split your skull like glass unless it's unbreakable. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Continuing now with our news from the couch. It's a growing field.
1: I specialize in those individuals who believe they are superheroes.
0: good for you. Let's have a look right now at some of the stuff that came out of Comic-Con that gave me goosebumps starting with the latest from M. Night Shyamalan. Bruce Willis, James McAvoy and Samuel L. Jackson are all back in Glass.
1: David Dunn. The only person to survive that train wreck all those years ago. What do you do? I'm in security. You think you have superpowers? It's a feeling,
0: vision. I have to touch them.
1: You believe you are a protector.
0: Glass is the third movie in the Unbreakable trilogy. That first film, Unbreakable, arrived in 2000. 16 years went by before we got Split, a movie starring McAvoy as a guy with two dozen split personalities, including the Beast who is a really bad guy. Unbeknownst to all of us, until the very end was that that film was a tie-in to Unbreakable, and what was already a really good movie on its own, that being Split, became suddenly way more interesting. Now we've got all three of them in one film, along with Sarah Paulson. My name is Patricia. (laughs) I have no question, there are two dozen identities. I'm Mary Reynolds. Por favor, señora. We almost got you, bro. That live in that body with you. The beast is coming any minute now for you guys. But what I am questioning is your belief that you are something more than human. And yet, it is true. M. Night Shyamalan had a series of stinkers for a while, but he's been on the way back with his last couple of movies, particularly Split. So now, he's in our good books again. Hopefully he doesn't mess this one up, because I'm really excited for Glass, which opens January 18th, 2019. What do we call you, sir?
1: First name, mister. Last name. Glass.
0: Here's another one that made a big splash at San Diego Comic-Con, Aquaman. I've been looking for you. Your half-brother, King Orm, is about to declare war upon the surface world.
1: The only way to stop this war is for you to take your rightful place as king. Trust me, I am no king. You do your best thinking when you're not thinking at all. That was the worst pep talk ever.
0: Jason Momoa returns as Aquaman, first seen in last year's Justice League, as one of the highlights from that film. Aquaman has always been the butt of jokes, I mean, he talks to fish. Arthur Curry,
1: I hear you can talk to fish.
0: DC even did a great job of highlighting the fact that Aquaman gets a bad rap when they relaunched all their comics back in 2011 under the New 52. I'd never read an Aquaman comic but I picked up a few issues and they were really good and they showcased in those that he is not a joke, he's actually quite awesome and this movie also looks quite awesome.
1: Choice. I can't save my home and the people that I love. You think you're unworthy to lead because you're of two different worlds, but that is exactly why you
0: are worthy. The movie is directed by Furious 7's James Wan and co-stars Nicole Kidman, Amber Heard. Dolph Lundgren, Randall Park, Willem Dafoe, Ray McTavish, Jimon Honsu and in the role of the bad guy, Patrick Wilson. DC needs this movie to be a winner, and judging by this first trailer, I think they've got one. Aquaman rides the tide onto the big screen, December 21st. The war is coming to the surface, and I'm bringing the wrath of the seven seas with me.
1: But Aquaman? You cannot marry a woman without gills. You're from two different worlds.
0: Oh, I've wasted my life. DC might have two winners on its hands after seeing its other big trailer from Comic-Con. Zachary Levi stars in Shazam!
1: If you could have one superpower, what would you pick? Everybody chooses flight. You know why? so they can fly away from this conversation.
0: Since the 1940s, Shazam has been compared to Superman, but goofy and fun. Shazam is about a kid named Billy Batson who finds himself transported to another realm where he meets someone powerful. Billy Batson. I choose you as champion. Hello. Say my name so my powers may flow through you. But I don't know your name, sir. Shazam. Wait for real. Say okay. Shazam. Suddenly, Billy transforms from a kid into a grown-up in a red and yellow superhero costume with a lightning bolt on the chest. Isn't that the Flash? Never mind. Ah! Ah! This means Billy!
1: What is happening?
0: You're the only person I know that knows anything about this Cape Crusader stuff. <laughs>
1: That's crazy, right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude? I don't even know how
0: to pee in this thing! I am really excited about this one. One, Zachary Levi. He played the title character in one of my favorite shows ever, that being Chuck. And two, it just looks fun, man. These two. DC movies coming out of Comic-Con look super fun, and it shows that DC is ready to back off on making these dark, gritty movies to contrast the Marvel movies. So that's good! Shazam debuts April 19th,
1: 2019.
0: You have bullet immunity!
1: I'm bulletproof. (laughs) You're dead
0: window but you're welcome for not getting robbed oh hey what's up i'm a superhero our world is changing the mass extinction we feared has already begun and we are the cause We are the infection. One more trailer to come out of Comic-Con that got me really excited. Godzilla, King of the Monsters.
1: But like all living organisms, the Earth unleashed a fever to fight this infection. It's original and rightful rulers, the Titans. For thousands of years, these creatures have remained in hiding around the world. And unless all the Titans are found, our planet will perish, and so will we. They are the only guarantee that life will carry on.
0: Playing the Stranger Things music is one of the stars is Millie Bobby Brown, AKA Eleven from Stranger Things. It also stars Vera Farmiga, Kyle Chandler, Charles Dance, that's Tywin Lannister from Game of Thrones, and Ken Watanabe. The sequel to the 2014 film Godzilla sees not just the return of Godzilla, but the emergence of Mothra, Rodan, giant Pteranodon, and the three headed King Ghidorah. They all fight for supremacy and could destroy humanity in the process. Godzilla King of the Monsters debuts May 31st, 2019. live the king up next on the couch that is the news from the couch by the way got ahead of myself there excited for the next segment where Jeff's going to tell you about a sequel that's an improvement to the
1: original you're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and I went to the movies this week. I saw Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. On,
0: just one
1: look and I can hear a bell I've never felt closer one one to one my one one mom. She wasn't scared because she had me. Mamma Mia, here I go again. My, my, how can I resist? A... We can't tell anybody else about the baby, okay? I just told Bill. Yeah, And I told Harry. I told many, many people. Mamma Mia, here we go again, starring Amanda Seyfried, Lily James, Julie Walters, Christine Baranski, Pierce Brosnan, Stellan Skarsgård, Colin Firth, Dominic Cooper, and Andy Garcia, who it seems like has been in more movies in the past year than the previous 15 years. Two more casting notes, noticeably absent from the movie, Meryl Streep, the star of the first Mamma Mia. In the opening sentences of this sequel, we are told her character is dead. If you watch the trailers, they sort of cheat with footage from the first movie going out of their way, Not to make it obvious she's not there. I only bring it up because if you are a hardcore Streeper, you wouldn't want to buy a ticket and then have your hopes dashed like that. The other big casting move is Cher has been added to the cast. She plays Streep's mom. Even though I looked it up, they are only three years apart in real life. And, and, well, Cher's a wild card because she's 72 and she looks like she's 42. She has a fun but small role. Of course, she does sing. I won't tell you what song because it's kind of a spoiler, believe it or not. The music uh, will be a deal breaker for some. It's all ABBA songs again, so if you hate ABBA, steer clear. I love ABBA, so I was all in. A lot was made in the first movie about how terrible a singer Pierce Brosnan was. At the time, I didn't mind it, but I went back and looked at some YouTube clips of it today, and it is pretty bad. I guess it plays better in the context of the whole movie, at least for me. On its own, you don't really want to listen to James Bond sing they do make him sing again and they make him they give him the same song SOS last time it was a full-on upbeat version this is a slow sad a much more much much more brief version and he kills it I like Pierce Brosnan, let him sing, come on. The biggest difference in this movie, compared to the first one though, is that it's half flashbacks to the time when Streep's character Donna was just a young woman. Lily James of Downton Abbey and Baby Driver fame plays the 1979 version of Donna, first arriving at what would become her Greek island home, meeting the three fellows who go on to possibly be her daughter's father. Coitus ensues. It's an interesting story as she gets involved with all these three guys. Her friends come to hang out. Uh, There's a lot of callback jokes and stuff set up. Up and paid off between the two timelines. You don't expect a ton in the story department, given that the hook is that it's an ABBA-based musical, so I was pleasantly surprised that it had a little little meat in the story department. Again, the music, great. The production number's a lot of fun, especially as the movie chugs along. There's a great pace to everything. The numbers build and build. By the end, it's impossible not to get caught up in it. Uh, Amanda Seyfried kills it. She is the unsung hero of these movies, actually. she is a great screen presence. She, easily holds her own alongside so many actors that have so much more experience. And she's easily the best singer of the bunch. I haven't seen her in a ton of stuff. I did like her in Ted too though. Lily James, a similar story, although I'm much more familiar with her because she was on Downton for a few seasons. It is weird watching her with an American accent though. But like Safridge, it's easy to understand why people are drawn to her in the movie. There's an infectious, infectious schwa de in every frame of this thing. Everyone's game, everyone down for fun. They The audience is fun to be a part of. The guy next to me laughed all the way through it. It was a stranger. I had no idea who this guy was, but it seemed like he was having the best day of his summer. Since then, I've been caught by my neighbors singing ABBA songs as I come up the front walk. Like I said, it's all infectious. If you like the first one, you have to see this one. And it'll be more fun in a theater than waiting for it to be available at home. I guarantee you that much. Four couch cushions out of five for Mamma Mia! Here we go again. So t- the first Mamma Mia comes out in two thousand eight, yeah, and
0: it gets ten a-
1: years. That's a long time between them.
0: Yeah, I know. And it weird, had, eh? it was had fifty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Sequel comes out eighty
1: <laughs> percent. Uh, would you agree with that? That it's better than the first? Um, I think so. I, I honestly don't recall many of the specifics from the first, okay. but I do enjoy remember enjoying it. So the first movie also Solid. in terms of its box office uh, opening weekend
0: 27 million. This one 30 some. Yeah, 34 million it was a very close race over the weekend between this and The Equalizer 2. Equalizer just edging Mamma Mia with uh, 36 million. This one had 34 and uh that first one made what 600 million dollars. Only 144 million in North America, but huge foreign box office. 465. ABBA,
1: ABBA is a global force.
0: Well, they, I think
1: they—they're—I
0: can't remember exactly, but I know they've sold something like 400 million albums. I think only Michael Jackson has <laughs> sold more albums than them. I confess, I haven't seen the first one, but I am curious about this Pierce Brosnan thing. So, oh no, I'm just gonna let it go.
1: <gasps> if Sophie felt you were okay, you're okay. Your own- Love and I'm so here. We go. Where are those happy days? They seem so hard to find He's trying Yeah, and he's trying Give him, him credit you, but you your mind. And it's an emotional scene So in the context of the movie happened to our love? It plays better I, I don't you know understood. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's a movie musical
1: It used to be so nice It used to be so good you know, you okay.
0: pedal down Oh, the good part's coming up Oh, the good part Okay All right, here we go
1: He does even look kind of awkward. <laughs> I would also point out, I didn't really uh, glossed over it, but the production value, like there's bright colors and a shot on a Greek island. It's just gorgeous to look at. Yeah. So you, you, I that, uh, for whatever reason, like even if the movie sucks, that always gets points for me. You're listening to Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. You saw another movie this week, didn't you? I did. What is it? Apollo 13. Uh, houston we got a pretty large bang there associated with a master alarm uh this is houston uh say again please houston we have a problem we are venting something out into space what come TNC these
0: guys are talking about bangs and shimmies up there doesn't sound like instrumentation to me we've been hit by a media we'd be dead by now we never lost an american in space we're sure as hell not going to lose one on my watch
1: failure is not an option Yes, Hanks Fest continued this week at Cineplex with my favorite Tom Hanks film, 1995's Apollo 13. I am aware very few people would choose Apollo 13 as their favorite Tom Hanks film, but I don't care. It's sometimes nice to see a movie about earnest people trying to help other people and when it's kind nerds using science, it's even better. There's no bad guy in Apollo 13. I mean, some of the NASA guys are kind of jerky, but not beyond reason, given the circumstances. It was a stressful time and some just dealt with it better than others. While it's my favorite Hanks film, I'll grant it it's not his best performance. He plays a level headed astronaut who's calm under pressure. There are a couple of moments where he isn't, but mostly he keeps it together. It doesn't show a ton of emotion. Ed Harriso gives my favorite performance of his. He's flight director Gene Kranz. He gets to bark orders like a tough guy. Again, a level headed one. He is frustrated by the situation, but he's a real leader and he gets the best out of everyone to save the lives of the three astronauts. Uh, he lost out on an Oscar to Kevin Spacey and the usual suspects. Maybe we'll do a revote on that because. They probably don't want to brag about Spacey having the Oscars. Yeah. And it's my favorite Ron Howard movie too. He drives an unimaginable amount of tension and inspiration out of a story that everyone knew the ending to. You knew going in that these astronauts would be rescued because it happened in real life, but there are, f- you know, few moments in cinema more gripping than waiting for the space capsule to come out of the blackout while re-entering Earth's atmosphere. It's good to see you again. Gives me chills every time. Uh, Apollo 13 shafted at the Oscars as far as I was concerned. Braveheart was the big winner that year. Don't get me started on that. While Harris and Kathleen Quinlan did get acting nominations, it was also for Best Picture. It was not nominated for Director. Hanks wasn't nominated, nor was the Cinematography. And if your space movie can't get a Cinematography nomination, you're not going to go home with a lot of Oscar gold. It did win Best Sound, Best Editing. I used to have a giant cardboard cutout that would have stood in the lobby of the theater, of, like the poster. And uh, when it came out, I kept that thing for... For many more years and was remotely cool. Not that it was ever cool, but I had it for like 10 years in my apartments. So I was thrilled to get a chance to see Apollo 13 on the big screen again this week. I think I went to my blockbuster and I was like, are you guys throwing that out? And they're like, yeah. I was like, can I have it? And they said, okay. Good for you. Yeah, so I took it. Uh, I also had a Darth Vader one from the Star Wars re-releases. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Hanks Fest wraps up this week with Forrest Gump in theaters right now. And it only costs like 7 bucks. by the way. They're not charging full price for these old movies. Uh, I'm not going to go see it, though, because I wasn't thinking and watched Forrest Gump on my DVD in June. So <laughs> that was dumb. I knew it was coming, too. And as soon as then, I was like, what did I do that for? It's going to be in theaters next month. Oh, man.
0: Well, yeah. Hey, yeah. we don't always make great decisions. We don't. How many people were in this theater? Three,
1: <laughs> including you, <laughs> including me. <laughs> when did you go and see it? On Tuesday, on the 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 cheap night. Although we're really get a, getting a discount on the ticket, but okay. yeah, uh, outside, I feel like outside of me, no one else knows about this Hanks Fest. Even though we've been bleeding about it for a while, they haven't done a great job promoting it.
0: Well, I know even when the Cinéplex does their their great digital f- uh, film festival, I think they reach. They changed the name too this year. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I did an intro for one of the screenings on like a Friday afternoon. Yeah, there were two people in the theater. Oh my gosh! So I walked in, and you know when you go to the movie and they they get the pe- person comes in and does the intro and they got a shout or they get a microphone. Yeah. You so just like, what? I just they were sitting right near the aisle, so I just kind of went in and leaned on the aisle and said, "Hey guys, uh, settle <laughs> up. Just uh, you know, just wanted to thank you for coming to this thing, and I don't have any prizes for you, so." This is kind of super awkward, but, yeah. uh, you know what movie you're here to see. Good for you for coming to see this old movie and, uh, have fun.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it blows my mind. I mean, it can't cost them much to play these movies. No. But it does cost them a screening room. Yeah. they could be, you know, throwing another, uh, yeah, throw another a shot of a uh, Mama Mia up there, man. Get some more people in there. The Mama Mia I went to was sold out. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, that, that's too bad. I wonder if they're
0: going to rethink some of these things. Up next, one of the biggest movies of the year comes home, and one of my favorite shows has been canceled. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. In a moment, I'm going to tell you about that show that is one of my favorites that has been canceled. I'm upset. But first, Jeff, let's talk home video. What's coming home this week? The biggest movie of the year by far.
1: He won't stop until he destroys half the universe. Everything you know, everything you love, it will all be gone. Together, we can stop Thanos. We don't want to kill you. But we will.
0: Avengers Infinity War. That's right. It big as two billion dollars. Two billion. Worldwide box office. Oh, it it's still behind the Black Panther though, uh domestic. Really? Black Panther six hundred and ninety nine million. Avengers six seventy seven. So Marvel's having a pretty good year. 2
1: million more to go? Yeah. No, no, it's
0: 22 million. Oh, 22 million, sorry. So Marvel having a pretty good year so far, just looking at the, yeah, number one, Black Panther, number two, Avengers, number three, Incredibles 2, so superheroes leading the way. Deadpool 2, number five. Ant-Man probably be in the top, 10. Yeah, right it's number there. 8, yeah. Jurassic World number 4. Anyway, yeah, Avengers Infinity War, that's coming to, is it coming to Blu-ray yet, or
1: just digital Digital HD, HD on Tuesday, yeah, that is going to be a good one. Also on Blu-ray and DVD on Tuesday, Tully, starring Charlize Theron, I've uh, rode hard for that one, That's a good movie, and Overboard with Anna Faris, the remake of the Goalie Honkert... Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. I was going to say Kurt Douglas. That's not a word. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so there's that, which that's one that of course never opened in Canada, but by all accounts is terrible anyways.
0: Yeah. I just, I still don't understand that. You remake a classic film from the 1980s And you make it terrible And then you don't release it wide Like, whatever Uh, Hey, we got about three minutes left here I just want to talk about one of my top ten favorite shows Of the last two years Has been cancelled Just as its third season wrapped up on Wednesday It's one that stars Sawyer from Lost And Sarah from Prison Break, Colony This isn't a colony It's a death camp up the rap ship when something like this happens we all burn
1: i represent a resistance group based outside the colony the real war is about to begin
0: total rendition is coming we're gonna send the whole block to the factory so this show comes from executive producer carlton Hughes of lost fame Bruno. inhaled from the usa network and aired on bravo here in canada Colony is set in a world where aliens have invaded. They've built these giant walls around cities and divided the population up into colonies. The show focuses on a family in Los Angeles struggling to to adapt and survive to the New World Order which saw these aliens arrive. Some humans are working with the aliens. Others have formed a resistance. It was described by some critics as the most relevant and timely show on television about a dystopian, oppressive regime. The first season really wasn't in, about the invasion at all. It was instead about the people just trying to survive, and it was excellent drama. Season two added to the sci-fi elements, showing us more of the aliens and how they arrived. Season three is about the same family, But this time they had to move the filming to Vancouver because they were unable to get a California tax credit again. So the setting changed as well. No longer in Los Angeles. They actually ended up in Seattle this time around. And in 2016... Colony was ranked number seven in my top 10. Yep. In 2017, it was number five. Ooh. I predicted that it was going to keep going, yeah, climbing yeah. that ladder because uh, I loved the first season and the second season was even better. And uh, you can watch both of them on Netflix if you want to check them out. Season three didn't debut until early May this year. The first two seasons, uh, like I said, debuted in January. And I just can't say I'm surprised With the cancellation, you know, it debuted with decent ratings for a cable show. 2.2 million viewers, Mm -hmm. but it's eroded to 760,000. It's the worst performer on USA Network. Plus
1: the moving the location. If they're, you know, not going to give them the money to shoot in California. Yeah. That's never
0: a good sign. No, it didn't help. The quality show did drop this season. I mean, it's still pretty good. But it just didn't blow me away like the first two seasons. But I'm sad that it well, yeah. that it uh, got canceled. You know, it's one of your favorite shows. You're always sad when one of your your favorite shows says goodbye. But at least if it ends, then you can sort of have make peace with that. Well, they got canceled.
1: Oh, cause they're yeah, because they're done shooting it. So
0: yeah so it's finished so
1: is it done and it's done airing all of season 3
0: yeah I've yet to I gotta watch the season finale yet it was on Wednesday oh, okay. but uh so yeah so don't. the season finale is the series finale so I don't know if it's <laughs> if it could serve as a series finale yet yeah, but yeah, yeah. either way I'm frustrated because I really liked it so goodbye wor- worst cancellation since Reigns <laughs> yeah no, I think we are the only two people who watch that show. That's it all. That was t-
1: good. Why wouldn't you watch Gold?
0: That's all the time we've got. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.